0: Welcome to Kevin Kev, Kev talking sports. I am Kev. Woo, I'm Kev. And I'm Paul again. All right. Well, we ready to switch topics? Yeah. What's next? How about, from the, how about the old U.S. Open? Yeah, it's kind of a boring, but okay. Let's throw it out there. <laughs> okay, let's throw out some golf, Kev. I
1: mean, it starts tomorrow morning, right? That yeah. Old Brookline, one of the oldest old venues Brookline, in the United yeah. States, might have been one of the first couple of places they ever played the U.S. Open. It's no ball. It's
0: no ball. Now, Tiger is out, right, Kev?
1: Yeah, Tiger's out. He's not ready. I wonder now, I mean, he announced that before this whole live tour started. So I wonder if he just didn't want to deal with the whole issue. He is famously, notoriously not
2: interested in getting involved in politics. But I wonder too, if the physical grind of not being able to continue really legitimately made him think I need sure time. no. I, he's a guy who's, you know, I Superman that. forever. Maybe the sentiment that he'd like to be able to to put his best foot forward. I don't mean that either. sorry. but I, to be able to perform at his at his best, I think may be a consideration that he's making more now than he used to, right? That it's yeah. important to be able, obviously literally to finish a tournament. but also, you know, am I, am I ready to compete at a level that makes me Tiger? I, I think that may be one of the few things he feels like he may have left, right? I mean, I, I you know, I, his place is secure and all that. So if I'm going out there, I want to go out there and perform like I'm Tiger. And I feel like maybe he didn't necessarily see that the last time he went out for major and maybe this is it. Yeah, and, you know, I, I used to begrudge him, oh, he's just trying to win majors, but I, I have some respect for somebody who feels like he may have enough left and the majors are the thing in golf, especially now if the LIV tour is going to start throwing a monkey in the wrench. I, you know, I'm not, I'm not sure that maybe, you know, a guy trying to to perform his best at golf's biggest moments is not something worth, you know, congratulating. And that's fine. But
1: well, I think he's really just focused on St. Andrews in July. Like he loves that course. I think he would give anything to win that. And, you know, I do think that's where his heart is right now. He 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 would probably wreck his chances by playing the U.S. Open, as much as it pains him not to play. So I, I didn't mean to suggest that Tiger was ditching because he didn't want to, the controversy, oh, although not probably a, a mild consideration.
2: Did so, you see
1: how poorly Phil Mickelson performed? Again, I mean,
2: he's the first domino in all this to fall, and I know Alan Shipnook, you know, I know Phil sometimes feels like he got torpedoed by Shipnook, but Alan Shipnick doesn't do things off the record. That's not like a thing that he's ever done in thirty years of No, So Nicholson knows that. yeah, correct. and and I think it was it it, it became a, you know it, it's disappointing for dude. Some it's people.
1: more than disappointing. He was my favorite player, and now yeah. I hate his guts. Like yeah. I want him to break it, his it, pinky toe and not be able to walk in the u s. <laughs> Open this week. I mean, just the cravenness of it,
2: and then Craven is right. The attempt <laughs> to try to walk it back and make it seem not that big a deal is even worse. I mean, the comments themselves were horrific, but then to sort of make it seem like, well, I'm just trying to, like, no, you're not. That can't be, it, it's frustrating. And and it paved the way for other golfers to make the same kinds of comments because he gave them cover by virtue of trying to make that normal. And it's not. I mean, I, I understand a lot of different things about the nature of the PGA Tour and all that stuff. But I mean, I, I can't understand anyone who feels like you know that's not well, clear. That
1: that locker room at Brookline this weekend or this week is going to be very interesting because you got Rory McIlroy standing up for the PGA <laughs> Tour mm-hmm. and just staking his claim as the the moral center of the golf yeah. universe, right? Or maybe even the entire universe. I mean, yeah. he's standing <laughs> up against Saudi Arabian money, and they you know they probably offered him half a billion.
2: I'm sure and they did, the right? Very they, public in it. And to be very specific about Greg Norman. I mean, to me. Yeah, Greg Norman, good there's, Lord. I like it, right? You know, we've talked about, you know, the social justice aspects of, of and, and it's one of yeah. the things that I think is remarkably more important, especially as we catapult towards September's, you know, shenanigans and Cotter. And 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 Brittany Griner, I mean, and you know, Kev. Yeah. I mean, rather, we've talked about this too in terms of you know your book on 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 the '68 Olympics and a time of great social upheaval. It's impossible to to separate sports from society. And and hearing Novak Djokovic complain that he couldn't you know compete in two tennis tournaments, one because he's unvaccinated and the other because Russia invades Ukraine, it's like. I don't feel sorry. <laughs> I, you know, I I'm 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 I understand the nature of sport and its and its value and sport should be separate, you know, just shut up and serve the tennis ball, but it's not a thing anymore, right? Yeah, that, we're, that we're golf, past that. that yeah. yeah, and and to me that's that's where we are with golf. And this is a kind of, you know, struggle amongst the titans about who's going to win and and you know, corporate entities are always to me somewhat suspicious. But if I've got to pick who I'm siding with, whether it's the Saudi royal family or the PGA, I'm comfortable siding with the PGA. I, I, I mean, yeah. in terms of if you want to narrow it down to that kind of thing, because the alternative is just horrific. It's, it's sports washing. And I don't think there's any sports
1: washing is the word. And that's, you know, you see a lot of articles and opinion pieces on this kind of stuff. You know, it's just am- amazes me that some of these people These writers, sports writers—not even sports writers—sometimes they're political opinion columnists. Will talk about the progress that Saudi Prince MBS, right? That's the guy. Mm -hmm. Oh, he's he's bringing change, social change to Saudi Arabia. They're they're praising him for saying that women are allowed to drive cars now. Like this is a this is a major step forward. I mean, fine, that's a good thing, I guess. But I mean,
2: seven years ago, was that all? Is that all we're gonna
1: get in fifty years? Like. Yeah. Good How lord. I mean, the, the bar is so low here.
2: Yes. And, and, I mean, again, and they're
1: still they're still just executing people left and right. I mean, just anybody who's dissenting, just guillotine by. Well,
2: and again, you know, the, the news I was reading a piece in The Guardian the other day that, you know, the, the the government of Qatar has has told people in in who are coming to World Cup, you know, crimes that are punishable by death in Qatar, which are numerous, we will hold foreign. You know, nationals to those standards. Yeah. And, you know, that's that's scary. A lot of that's, Westerners don't understand that stuff.
1: You and know, that's yeah. why they're sports watching, because they don't want us they to understand that stuff.
2: About that. They and, want us
1: to think, oh, they're the great people that pay these golfers all this money. Yeah. And, and they and have
2: these wonderful sponsors. Yeah. That's bad. I know that Brooks Kepco was like, you're putting a dark cloud over the open. It's like, okay, first of all, journalists are not doing that by asking questions because that's their job. Second of all, U.S. Open will be fine. Once people start teeing off, the U.S. Open will be fine because people will be talking about the golf. But yeah. I think it's perfectly reasonable and frankly important to talk about it before you tee off. Right. Absolutely. That's why, why we have these pre-match you know MASH conferences for you to be able to talk about this, get it out of the way and then go play golf. And I think that I think that the U.S. Open will actually be pretty good. I mean, I, I, you know, I, oh, it's, it's- going to be amazing it's it's a great champion much ctv right now it is imagine and it, rory and dj paired together well, on the weekend or absolutely and and just the, the kind of golf that's going to play and it is a grind and i'm going to be happy to hear about on day one you know day two about how the usga should be pilloried for making the rough too high or whatever that will be a welcome change um <laughs> from from you know yeah. golfers complaining about this but but I, the golf is going to be great but i i expect that golfers will have to stand up there before thursday's tee off and answer questions about the state of their game that's so you don't get you don't get to to be rich and famous mm -hmm. and and have those opportunities without standing up there and being accountable for you need to talk about what's going on in your game and and everyone who is a member of the pga should have an opinion
0: yeah, let me let me ask you a couple of questions out of this, maybe to Kev in particular, but either one of you guys. So the, the first one would be tee off opening round is tomorrow morning mm-hmm. as we record this. So they've already been there for three, four days. So I'm just wondering, have you read or heard any of these fireworks already? The other thought, and you guys have kind of touched on this a little bit, and and we've danced around it in some of our previous discussions, but I wonder if there's a serious element to this. You know, one of the The quotes that Phil originally kind of got in trouble for was that, you know, dealing with the Saudis, you know, they're scary MFers, something to that effect. Yeah. Do you think there is a legitimate kind of fear amongst the guys who've now committed to that, that they can't say anything negative about, I mean, literal fear of some kind of reprisal? They have sold their souls. Yes, they are. They are beholden to
2: the to the crown now. I think probably, too, since nobody's ever seen any of the contracts, which is in and of itself kind of a sketchy deal, I would suspect there's probably a non-defamation clause somewhere in there is like, your money will be held in escrow or whatever, as long as you don't say something contrary to the royal family or whatever else, because as soon as that happens, or a fine, right? You know, the first time you say something detrimental, you know, you're going to wind up getting fined an undisclosed amount of money. The fact that none of these contracts are disclosed. Is is a pretty clear indication of not only the vast amount of money that's being sent to these players, but also the secretive nature of what they're required to do. Uh, whether it's personal appearances or again, a non a non-defamatory kind of approach. I know that must be in there because there's no way that that the Saudi royal family would have them stand up there if they thought even for an instant they'd say anything negative. Not for that kind of money, right? No, exactly. Yeah, you no. your 25 million, you know, buys your not just your silence but your praise and that's that's where you're getting the greg norman um, and it's
1: going to be incremental right in the beginning it's not going to look like too much but maybe if this thing lasts for another year or two years or five or whatever you're going to see some major changes of you know the way they conduct themselves in public
0: and i think what what if one of them tries to walk away i wonder if if actual you know fear of physical Harm. But I don't know, you know about that. Maybe, but why would you, right? If you if you sell yourself once,
2: what's the point? I mean, if you know you're in it for the money, I don't know what would convince yeah. you. I mean, I, I I don't know that that the Saudi royal family is going to do anything more horrific that would make you decide, oh well, I've had enough. I mean No, and, but you know, people leave cults and things, you know, you have a no, change but, of heart, but, you you but yeah. I think that's yeah. right so in just, the sense that it's going to become more normalized. If it sticks around, right? That's yeah, the fear that's that the, I idea. Think the PGA yeah. has, and that a lot of you know members of the PGA have is that is if this doesn't become an obvious negative thing, then it will become. We've seen this, right? That bad things become normalized, and the only thing I think the PGA is counting on is that this is an unsustainable process, right? Even even the Saudi royal family, in some sense, suggests that this can't be sustainable. There's no way that you can continue to dump this amount of money in because there's not a there's not a plan right there's no future there's no future plan here it's just dumping money into the thing and as long as the the, the royal family can afford to, to do it it will but there's not a business model here that, yeah. that's why, why I it's think, washing <laughs> that's that's why it's what it I, is
1: i think the saudis have enough lawyers spend that you know they could make life miserable for anybody who walked away too early i think that's enough for them i don't think they have to i mean maybe there's a hint of physical <laughs> fear and you know that might be enough to I mean, I don't know. There's a lot of stuff at the upper levels that I'm sure we're not aware of, but I think they have enough lawyers, you know, suing them for non, of course, then they'd have to produce the contract. So that would be interesting, too.
2: Yeah. But I think if players are in it for the money, the threat of the money being taken away is going to be enough to keep them in line. I mean, if you're legitimately yeah. only well, going to pay the yeah. LIV because it makes you wealthy, the threat of taking away the wealth will keep you in line. And and, I don't know. Yeah.
1: And the PGA is banning these guys so yeah. they don't have an alternative now they kind of sort of have to stay there
0: Yeah, but on that note i mean some of these guys are known to be kind of loudmouth pouty complainers true and you know now they start pulling that stuff on the liv tour you know
1: maybe they find a snake in their bag or, you find know a a,
0: snake, find <laughs> a black mumba
2: in their severed golf bag.
1: horse's head on their pillow yeah
2: well and right. to your to the point that's actually something kind of interesting because a shotgun starts three rounds no cut you've already seen some players have suggested they don't want anything to do with it because of that, right? It's not really a... a, a, So I I will be curious to see, like, the Lippy players who always find something to complain about, who will be complaining this week about the cut of rough and the thing. I'll be curious to see if they don't like or they feel like they haven't performed as well as they could because of the the shotgun three-round format. Will they complain? Because golfers... definitely will find something that they find has, and, and every athlete does, I'm not saying this is mm-hmm. golfers, but, but golfers who are, you know, upset about the format will find a reason to, to complain, and I'll be curious to see if those complaints do come out.
1: Well, the, the next Live Tour event is going to be the end of this month, I think, right before 4th of July. Yeah, it's in the it, U.S. too. In Oregon, yeah, in Pumpkin yeah. Ridge up in Oregon. And so there's already talk that, you know, maybe after the U.S. Open this week, some guys are going to defect after that. They want to play. They don't want to get involved until after. So we'll see. This is a it's a big two week stretch here. U.S. Open and then live comes back again. So, dude, Mm -hmm. golf is on the forefront of political, you know, turmoil right now.
2: And I think, too, if it bleeds into July and August, and then we start seeing it mixed with the stuff that's going to be going on in Cotter for the World Cup in September. I mean, I, I think there's going to be a, a significant, mm, you know, yeah. kind of, of, of connection here. And again, Brittany Greiner, I mean, now her trial's been pushed mm-hmm. off another couple of weeks. I mean, nobody's team, talking
1: that's, about that too.
2: The State Department is treating her essentially as a hostage. They're negotiating yeah. as if she were a hostage. Yeah. That's a thing, right? I mean, that's, they're talking about exchanging prison. I mean, this is like Cold War type stuff. Yeah. Um, and that's amazing. And that's what we're talking about here. This is like legitimately, you know, state-sponsored, you know, sports espionage or whatever yeah. you want to call well, it. Well,
0: and the and interesting thing about, about, about both of these stories, I mean, you talk about the golf thing. We're barely referencing the actual golf being played. Right. You know, the entire story is the the political context. And the Britney Griner thing, I mean, that's just a horrible story. And you're right. I mean, it it's completely at the level of political uh, negotiation at this point but how does a foreign country just hold an american citizen ad infinitum essentially without cause but we've seen things like this before that had nothing to do with sports sometimes they end really badly and um they got to get her out of there but but what do you do
2: well and and to me this is again this is going to get more intense as the russian invasion of in ukraine continues it doesn't seem like it's ending anytime soon as, you know, the, as we see increasingly the, you know, the, the movement for the, the World Cup and the protests that are going to be going on there, the issues that are going to be brought up as more and more players I think as Kev is right defect to the LIV, you know, at some point the PGA is going to find itself suspending a lot of players now if it continues to hold those suspensions up which I think it should there's a, there's a tipping point there. I, I think it's pretty far away. And I think the PGA should honor that suspensions and continue to suspend them indefinitely. If only to, to make a message clear, the PGA can handle it because there's enough good players. But, and I think once they tee off at, at seven, 645 tomorrow. And in fact, Rory goes off at 740 in the morning. So I think once they, they tee off, a lot of the focus is going to change, not all of it. And I don't think it should, but I think a lot of the focus, I mean, Rory and Matsuyama and, and, and Xander Schauff. I mean, that's a great threesome just in and of itself, and that's going to be going off in the morning. So by the time we get to the afternoon, some great players will already be playing. And I think that'll be pretty remarkable. And I I think that will take some of the focus and put it back on the golf course again, especially if, you know, the the rough is too high or the weather gets bad or whatever. And I, I think that will return it, but, I also think Kev's right that after it's over, we're going to see this cycle start right back mm-hmm. over. More and more people announce they're going to be. That's Humble. what I'm afraid of. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm afraid of. Mm. I hope it doesn't gain traction. When is the when is the open cha- When is the open championship? Is that sometime in July?
1: Yeah, it's uh, actually my birthday weekend in July, like the okay. Okay.
2: fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeenth. So
1: that's, not 15, that, 16, 17, that's
2: not like that far. So that's a month, right? And you said that yeah. one's at, uh, that one's at uh, St Andrews.
1: St Andrews, yeah, big time.
2: I mean, I like it. I, I think the eyes of the world to steal a, a, a phrase from spoon. I think the eyes of the world. Um, I'll, Nicely I'll, done. I'll do you some money later for that, buddy. but I, <laughs> I, I appreciate think the that. eyes of the world. Um, Look it up out. on Amazon. Yeah, yes, exactly. I think i get you an autographed copy. Um, I think, I think they should be on this stuff, right? I mean, I, we have talked about sports for all of our lives being an important part of what we do. And I know I'm, I'm, I'm preaching the choir here, but, but I, I think if sports is going to remain as relevant for a new generation of people, it has to find its place in society and how it's going to respond to society. It can't, it can't just be like the 36 Olympics or the 68 Olympics or, or Munich in 72. It has to be a part of what we do for sports to remain relevant because it's becoming harder for it to be relevant to a new generation of people, right? It, it, it can't just be about rich people doing stuff on TV. It, it has to be something else. And, and I'm, I'm glad that it is. I mean, I'm, I'm glad that, that there are viewpoints in both directions. The fact that half a dozen people in Tampa didn't wear the rainbow stuff on, on pride night in Tampa Bay. I disagree entirely with that decision, but I think it's a great conversation that then the next few nights, the giants did, but Mm -hmm. then Fox actually cut away that the person who threw out the first pitch on Friday night was the first transgender person to throw the first pitch and Fox cut away and showed Kyle Bush throwing the first pitch from the previous night but yeah, then yeah. yeah Dwayne Kuiper the next night and and the Giants announcers made sure that they said by the way what you didn't see last night so that's awesome I mean I know a lot of people just you know we should watch the game but and I don't want that. I want I want sports to be relevant, and I think more and more we're seeing that, and I think that's great.
1: You think the world is trending towards Hunger Games?
2: I think it could, but I I think conversations like this make sure that it won't.
1: Yeah. Right? No, I agree. I, I feel good talking about this stuff. Not that anybody's listening yet.
2: No, but but, but <laughs> if if they will. If we're having this conversation, other people are too. And, yeah. And I think I think yes, it, it it's a very scary thought that the world might go that direction. But I, I think we've achieved a level of, of concern in society where that won't happen.
1: Well, but we're talking about US society, but I mean, I I just feel like there's a worldwide movement to consolidate power in the way that the founders of our country did right I mean they're just going to make the world you know it's, it's like conservatives are concerned about outside you know, what do they call yeah. it globalism right globalism I mean but that's a real concern I mean but what makes but it's me not just for business family. it's for everything
2: I get that, but but also note that, like for example, in the UK, there's already concerns that maybe Brexit was a terrible idea. That the you know Boris Johnson barely survives a vote of no confidence. So clearly, there are movements within large countries or, or or powerful, if you want to use that term, Western developed countries to to go against that sentiment of the people who are in charge can do whatever they want. And right. you know whether or not you believe in Partygate, I don't care. But the fact that there are people pushing back against that, and that Boris Johnson had to actually stand for a vote of no confidence is fairly remarkable in Britain, right? That hardly ever happens. And so, and and I think the fact of what's going on right now in Congress, I mean, I know we're getting away from sports and I don't mean to do that with you often, but (laughs) but I I think that this is the melding that we need to see from sports for it to be important. I saw Daniel Snyder is not going to appear in front of Congress, even though they told him you need to do it. And he used the flimsy excuse of as well, I have, you know, commander's business that I have to do. It's like, it's Congress. And if they subpoena you, you're going to wind up going anyway. And so I, you know, I think there's a movement here to make sports figures be iconic, but also be accountable. And I think that's important. Yeah, but ultimately, this is the test, right? I mean, the Saudis are trying to
1: buy away that influence. That's, that's the test that was happening right now in golf that's
2: going to apply to everything. Sure. If they
1: can get this done, we're in trouble.
2: Yeah, I, I agree. But, yeah. But, but the fact that there is public pushback from golfers, for now on the for now, but but you know I, the cynic in me believes that 15 years ago everyone would have just shut up and and rich people would have got richer or whatever i don't know i mean you're right I, it there is a boiling point but i don't know if we're close enough to it yet i don't know i when it, we reconvene just as the nfl season's about to tip off at the end of august we'll see it's one of those things where you're in the middle of the cauldron it's hard to see what's happening and yes this, that's just, right Distance is going to is going to tell. I mean, the story that we're telling now, I can't remember, did I pick the Celtics or did I pick the Heat? Cause I feel like oh, you picked the
0: Celtics. I, you picked yeah! the Celtics.
2: <laughs> so three months ago, y'all thought I was crazy, right? No, hey, you were right. Yeah. You were, right. Yeah. were on the eve of it, and I'm almost a hero, mm. right? So yeah, in the middle of it, it's hard to see. That's why we
0: bring you back. Right. You yeah, we, right. uh, No, we we fuck you today. were crazy, Paul. We thought you were the authority.
2: Nostradamus, right? Of the NBA. So I, just, when you're in the middle of it, it seems weird. I, I, but I think I think when we see in August, when you know we get back together, you know when I join you guys, hopefully for football. Football, you know then I, I think we'll see that that we'll see what happens from this yeah we'll see. that'll be a big a big journey to have taken yeah
1: well, so time for can i transition to my trivia
0: is it about the hunger games <laughs> <laughs> all right kev what do you got it's not that bad okay so just tiny
1: background my favorite person who is speaking out against the the live tour and, and phil mickelson is Brandel chamblee Mm, nice he's just been ripping everybody he's great so his suggestion today on twitter was that they consider revoking phil mickelson's hall of fame status
2: yeah
1: right so you guys saw that so i looked it up do you know in the history of all sports whether they're pseudo sports or real sports how many people have been demoted or permanently removed from the hall of fame wow
0: or if anybody has well it's interesting you ask that because i did see that quote from Brandle and I thought about it, but not enough to actually do any research like you did. So kudos to you, Kev. Well, anything? I mean, there's to be gonna be some guys that you know, that, there, that that there probably has been, just by the nature of your question, but I don't know any details.
2: I would say if it's anybody, it's somebody in the NHL. That would be a guess for me. Because I don't think I think in baseball they just don't let them in. I don't think they've ever kicked them out. I can't think of the NBA mm-hmm. or the NFL. I don't know. That's a good question.
1: Well, it's a it's a tough one. It was tough to research. I'll just kind of get into it. But the only person that I could see that was in the Hall of Fame for his sport, but was and definitively removed at one point was Hulk Hogan. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was going to say wrestling, but. Yeah,
2: go ahead. <laughs> that's which, awesome,
1: which who knows if that's real or not, but apparently at, at some point in his life, he used racial slurs, um, but they reinstated him, of course. So, you know, I'm sure it was all part of the, the act. As far as the real big sports, interestingly, I didn't know this, but in the 80s, Willie Mays and Mickey Mantle were actually banned from having positions in baseball. So it's not quite demoted from the Hall of Fame, but I don't know if you guys remember that story for those guys. So they were not allowed for a period of time, uh, Commissioner, Bowie Kuhn. Bowie Kuhn, yeah he suspended them from participation in baseball didn't didn't take
2: them out of the hall of fame so that i remember really Mantle's. Successful. i remember something about mantelness i can't remember what it was it wasn't because of the i can't remember what it was it was, it was gambling mm-hmm. yeah, yeah i remember and it was something about gambling
1: he and willie both were uh promoting casinos I, in new jersey because that's what it was and yeah. so until peter Ubroth came back in 85 so for like five or six years they weren't allowed to be in baseball and those are that's big, a weird, that's big that's
2: big it is. And isn't that weird that that always seems to be the shibboleth, right? Who was it? It was, uh, it was the guy for the Packers and Alex Karras who got... Alex Karras, yeah. yeah. for two, uh, He's uh, on my list, yeah. Yeah, Horning and, and Karras got kicked out for a year or whatever because of gambling or whatever. That always seems to be, you know, the, the Rubicon that you can't cross, um, which I, I guess is a thing but it's a lot harder to draw that line now that every major sports league is <laughs> in league literally with with gambling i mean well that's
1: that's what you said in 85
2: he's like Yeah, these guys own
1: horses and you know the owners own other stuff it's hypocritical you was ahead of his time he was like yeah, yes who yeah. cares bring them back yeah and he said i'll sleep well at night knowing that these guys are back in baseball. so that's a good thing you know muhammad ali was up there too with his draft dodging so yes but yeah. you know those are just sort of other stories tangential to the Hall of Fame, but they're never actually kicked out. So asking for Phil Mickelson to be kicked out is a pretty hefty, huge step. Well, what would be I don't interesting
2: to happen. me is if they revoked his lifetime PGA membership. That to me would be more something that's so to speak in play if they removed his lifetime membership to the PGA. Because I, yeah. I, you know, that comes I guess with having won a certain number of things. To me, that would be kind of interesting. Um, well, I mean,
1: he's currently banned from playing on the PGA, so. Right. I feel like that'll get resolved in a couple of years. He'll probably if all goes well, the live tour is going to fall apart and he'll just be out of golf for a couple of years and then reconcile somehow be a captain on the Ryder Cup again or some dang thing. Well, that's
2: the thing is, if you're not in a PGA, you can't even be on the Ryder Cup. I didn't realize that. That was yeah. interesting. You know, I don't know. Is the next one in 2023 or is it in 2024? Oh, gosh, I can't keep up with it. I don't remember. Yeah, but that would be, you know, if this thing drags, then that's going to be some some players who might otherwise have gotten a spot you know, who might not. I mean, you know, that's kind of interesting, interesting vibe in and of itself.
1: Well, I just figured I'd throw that one out there because you guys are the sports historian kind of guys. Spoon, you got, did I, did I miss anything? You got anything else on that?
0: I got nothing. I mean, that's a question with no answer. So you'd stumped us. <laughs>
1: well, but you, but you would know, you know, I didn't research this for like three months, like you would to write a book or something. I mean, just <laughs> You might you might have ideas of things that happened that I couldn't even think of. so
0: No, I think my my brain was going in the same direction as Paul, you know, players that are just not allowed in, in right the there, there's a
1: lot of those yeah.
0: There are
2: players who've had their name taken off the Stanley Cup. That much I do know. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah, that's that's you know because there are actually three cups and there's the sort of formal cup that remains. I think the the one that most recently was Brad Aldrich, the the guy for the 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 Blackhawks. There's a couple others as well that I can't remember, but that's. That was what I was thinking as you were talking about it, Kev, was, yeah. um, you know, removing names from the cup that have been embossed on there. Kind of
0: but that is also an interesting one in that the player is still active. You know, most yeah. of the Hall of Fames tend to be after you're out of the game. So, you yeah. can't. You know, you could do something kind of off the field, so to speak, like OJ. Like OJ is the perfect uh,
1: example. He even he's still in the Hall of Fame. So.
0: Yeah. But you're, you're not active anymore to do something like what Phil has done, where you kind of thumb your nose at the very organization that has put you into the their Hall of Fame.
1: Yeah. And I, and I don't know if the Hall of Fame is a PGA entity or if it's a, its its own entity. I don't you know, that's an interesting question, too, because they may I mean, they're just the Hall of Fame, the World Golf Hall of Fame. They're not the, the PGA, PGA of Golf
0: Hall of Fame. Yeah.
1: So they would they would have roots
2: in all all of the tours all over the world. Right. Supposedly. Well, I don't know. Golf's split personality of having the usga which is also different from the pga Mm -hmm. you know is one of the reasons why they're able to participate in the us open is because it's not necessarily a pga event as such it's a usga event which is you know again you know the the there's hardly the overlords of golf much the same way as there are you know in in baseball and in football the the almighty commissioner is interesting in and of itself it's it's funny you know the, the the critics of the nhl excuse me the nfl and the Olympics and FIFA have to be sort of happy now that the Saudis are taking some of the heat for, <laughs> for the things. Because, you know, I used to talk to my sports classes about, you know, the three most corrupt organizations in the world, the NFL, the IOC and, uh, you know, and FIFA. And, and now it seems like there's a new contender, um, which has to bring a certain amount of, of happiness to those who are tired of hiding scandals about all that stuff.
0: Oh, but they'll be back. Oh, yeah, I have no doubt that they will, <laughs> they will announce their presence with authority. Yeah, they'll be front and center here in uh, four or five months.
2: You know, we haven't even talked about stuff like the the Braves, the 13. And I think they're going to be at 14 games tonight after they win. I think they're up nine to something right now. 14-game winning streak. Two what managers about fired. that? I mean, this is the, the baseball season's getting hot, boys. It is. And what about Aaron Judge with
1: 25 homers and He'll 50 ring
2: the, the Yanks managed to figure out a way to, to, to do something right and lead him off occasionally. It's amazing. I there's some interesting stuff going on. The, the I would be curious to see if they wind up after this year banning the shifts. Baseball's got some interesting stuff, but again, I, I think much like we talked about with golf, now that the action's going on on the, on the fields. Um, We had a a player, Michaelis, get to uh, within one out of a no hitter. We've had, you know, the Astros today had two immaculate innings for the first time in one game. That was going to be my trivia question. Sweet. Um, Two immaculate innings in the same game for the first time Mm -hmm. ever. Two Um, different pitchers? Yeah, two different pitchers, one in the second and one in the sixth. Again, you got some really weird stuff going on. Who'd have thought that you might see another Subway Series if the Mets and the Yankees don't self-immolate between now and then. Mets um,
1: will, Mets will.
2: New, new playoff format. You're going to have three wild cards. So who knows? I, again, it's
0: going to be an interesting, yeah. I and mean, the All-Star
2: game will be its traditional dud.
1: Baseball is heating up, and, and you're doing a good
2: job of previewing our next guest we're oh, talk,
0: talking baseball next episode.
2: Awesome. Well, I think you'll have a lot to talk about. It's pretty remarkable what's going on in the teams that we, we kind of thought were dead are are picking back up, and I think you're going to have a pretty remarkable you know posts
0: All Star game. Oh, run. Send us uh, send us your comments and questions on Twitter, Paul. I will we Will do. Get the get <laughs> the conversation started. Will do.
2: <laughs> Sorry, I was just I, I just saw the, the 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 score of the of the Braves game, and I was so.
0: Did you? Uh, 14 wow. did, did you just kind of surrender your trivia question paul or you got something else you want to throw I out did. I did.
2: like i said i was i was gonna i was gonna talk about i was gonna talk about some of the the, the baseball stuff but we wound up going a different direction so i'll i'll surrender yeah, my trivia till, uh, it'll, be, probably- it'll be it'll be the tease for you guys to have me on one more time so that i can bring you an ace trivia question there you go don't, don't relegate me <laughs> absolutely
1: Do we yeah.
0: talk any football before we sign off i mean just uh well, we have we have not heard Paul's take on uh, future MVP Deshaun Watson. Anything related to that? I saw that he apologized to Cleveland
2: and to his family, which, <laughs> which seems like something's missing there. I'm not I'm not sure what it is that I can't can't put my finger on, but it seems like maybe there's a different <laughs> apology that's due somewhere, but here's the question. What's the NFL going to do? And, and I, I can only imagine what the commissioner's office must be feeling like, how are we going to get this right? Or what are we going to do when we don't get it right? Probably. Uh, Cause nobody's going to be happy. And I'm kind of curious, I will say this too. And, and it's kind of tangential. What's going to go on with Trevor Bauer. Cause he's in the middle of his hearing and that's going to be, you know, if that ruling comes out about whether or not they knock him down from 300 and whatever games, you know, is the NFL going to feel like it's under some, you know, duress to to do the same thing? It's bad for Cleveland. Every day it gets worse for Cleveland. And even the Cleveland press is starting to to sound very negative about
0: the decision. Uh, but Paul, we said this the day of the signing, we did an episode where yeah. we, we yeah. talked about all of this stuff in real time. So it's not like, Oh, with the benefit of hindsight, and now we realize, you know. Yeah. All the no, I. I and, but, oh,
2: but every day, some you know another shoe drops. It's like an octopus, right? Every day there's another shoe that's dropping, and you're wondering how much, how much more horrific can it get for everybody involved? And and again, the Cleveland team has to be starting to feel the heat a little bit too. About how do we how do we massage this? So that I'm sorry. How do we? <laughs> I, I did honestly. I did not. That did must you do that? Crazy. How did you you just go there? uh, I did not mean to. Honestly, I did that one slip. But but how do we how do we address this, you know, within within the the public to to make it seem like we haven't we haven't traded for a predator? And that's getting harder to do. Right. Every day something new comes out. It's it's harder for Cleveland to say what we didn't know. And you guys are right. From the minute this happened, people were first guessing it. And so it's ugly. It's ugly for football. It's the bad part of sports. It's the part of sports I hate because it's it's just it's so horrific. There's no good outcome here, right? There's no I feel, you know, there's no I, good feel I feel bad for the fans of Cleveland but not the
1: organization. They no. They got greedy oh, I mean, and they again, did everything Talk about Brilliant. selling
2: your souls. I mean there, there, yeah. there's, there's a there's a particular circle for Dante here that, that you know that Dante has drawn up you know for for this kind of thing. and it was such a cynical win because that's what's important and we believe in Deshaun. It's like maybe you did, but there's a certain toxicity that you just you shouldn't touch right. Yeah. So the actually is I, I read this the other day 49% of the NFL's fans are women. Yeah. Wow. That's insane <laughs> for for that to be the flagship of your franchise when forty nine percent of well, the fans are women. That's
1: guess what? A hundred percent of the owners are men.
2: So Oh, my gosh. And I don't Brian get it. Snyder yeah, don't and all, it's just
0: so let me ask you an angle on this that I haven't heard anybody else really talking about. Maybe we can break some new ground here. You know, of course, Deshaun is a Clemson guy. And he comes out of the Dabo Swinney Christian family atmosphere. Ooh, I like where you're going with this. Keep going. That he, you know, he has sold that and pumped that up for years. And you know that many of his players are kind of in that sort of moral outfit or whatever you want to call it. But you know, he's also got some guys there that they're there for the money. They're there for the glory. They're there for other extraneous aspects of the game that come to them
1: like Urban Meyer did in college. Yeah, I was just about to say. So
0: where do we go with that? You know, obviously, I think we we are all inclined to some degree to have an anti-Dabo, anti-Clemson bias anyway. <laughs> yeah. well, we had a discussion about this in one of my classes, that this whole kind of selling God and family as wow. a college football program. Is that just wrong in and of itself? Bobby. Bobby Baden. I mean, how many second chances did he give players, you know, because of,
2: you know, mm-hmm. Christian values and, you know, the good book says to give, you know, give somebody a second chance. You talk about questionable. I mean, I, I don't even think we know all the stuff that went on in the program because it wasn't the, the time that Urban Meyer was in Florida and all that stuff. Uh, yeah, I, I think it's kind of abhorrent. I understand the nature of second chances and that, you know, people deserve all the stuff. But, but the sentiment that it's family, it's family, it's family. And then when a kid gets hurt, he loses a scholarship especially as scholarships are increasingly harder to come by in the NCAA. To me, that's that's that kind of gaslighting, inconsistent, hypocritical kind of stuff. It's family, it's family, it's family, until the kid's no longer a value, and now he's gone. And I think when a player is useful, he gets as many chances as he wants. When he's not, he doesn't. I don't know that that's not true in the real world, but I know it shouldn't be held up as the paragon of virtue for how we treat Young men and women. Uh, what was the the story over the of the of the spring where a, a softball player took her own life because you know she was devastated by a loss or whatever, and you know the team didn't necessarily check. It's just we're commoditizing young men and young women earlier and earlier, and this often fake family dynamic that coaches spin, especially when coaches are free to go to a new team whenever they want. Mm -hmm. Um, and players are stuck with those decisions, I think that's kind of the mark against college sports more and more and why college players more and more feel like they need to fight against that commoditization. We're people and you're making money off of us and coaches can literally change their mind overnight and players are stuck with their decisions in a way that's unfair and unreasonable. And for all the complaints about the transfer portal and all that, I'm a much bigger fan of the idea that players have license to move around if coaches do. And if you want to limit how coaches can move around, fine, limit players. But if coaches have the right to kind of leave, not just the college ranks, but go from one college to another and players don't, that's wrong. That's just, that's, that's a violation of just human ethics, much less business ethics. And so I hate that Christian ethic in the sense, not for the ethic itself, but that it seems to be a way to encourage players to show up. And it's not, it's not held to that to me is the, is the frustration is that.
0: And I I remember Dabo specifically with Deshaun praising him in that vein and kind of holding him up as this paragon of virtue. Now we don't know if any of this went back as far as his Clemson days. I mean, I don't, I don't know if there are any allegations about that. I don't It makes you wonder what kind of of entitlement has to come from
2: somewhere. And if his formative years were at Clemson, then one has to wonder, does some of that sense of entitlement that he, he must clearly have portrayed come from somewhere? And it's hard not to think that a player who becomes literally the focus of an entire football program mm-hmm. doesn't earn that sense of entitlement from
1: that. There's also the angle that you know nowadays we, we find out about everything that everybody does. But don't forget, Peyton Manning was accused of the same stuff when he was in college. Of course we're told that these guys are Christians and they're family men and they're blah, blah, blah. But I mean, it's just a, a painting. They're, they're painting a picture for us so that we continue to invest our time and money in understanding and following them. That's, and, a, I mean, that's what
0: I have. I know, a, well, I, and that I message is particularly important in the upstate of South Carolina. I'm sure it is. Well, um,
2: and, and, and Sue, you know, nobody wants to kind of parse morality in this, although some people, I guess, are more than willing to do it. But but youthful indiscretions, one thing: sixty-six separate massages over however seventeen months, and twenty-four accusers is is in some ways different from both the Peyton Manning example, or well, I don't necessarily want to say Ben Roethlisberger. But 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 I, I don't dispute what you're saying, Kev. Well, oh, that's what I'm saying. But
1: we don't know. Like Peyton right, Manning could exactly. have been just maybe as bad as Deshaun Watson. Out, right. We don't know. Yeah. No, I get it. I get it. And and then progressively over the years, you know, a little bit more, a little bit more. And now it's Deshaun Watson.
2: But maybe they're all the same guy. We just know more about Deshaun Watson. But I wonder if, if, if we don't see, you know, in a climate where people are more than willing to be more upfront about those accusations. We haven't seen a lot of those players who had, you know, allegations in, in their younger years. They haven't there haven't been as many of those sort of resurfacing. And that's not to say that they're not out there. But but I know that the climate is much more, it's much more open to people now coming out and expressing their grievance about, about past actions. And so there's the silence that. that we don't hear about some people is in some ways significant. You know, the silence that we do hear about people is, is in some ways significant too. And again, you're right. We there's so many, you know, empty sort of, of vessels out there that we don't know. But Uh, it's, it's, it's kind of interesting, you know, trying to prove a negative is hard to do. And and that's, you know, that's where we find ourselves in baseball with steroids and all these other things is how do you prove a negative and it becomes part
0: of the issue. What do we got spoon dog? What do we got? We got MLB next week with Andrew. Yeah. (laughs) Nice. Tune in next episode.
1: All right. I didn't realize the all-star game is so late this year, but it's at Dodger stadium. So I'll be there. See you guys. Yeah. jump in there awesome. great i wish that'd be great right. to
2: see one. well thank you gentlemen i always enjoy my time uh, talking sports with kevin kev it's a, a highlight of of my sports life
0: we will uh we will consult and deliberate and decide whether to invite you back again
2: i appreciate you
0: <laughs> whatever, but I prospects- do, whatever i can do to influence the committee you let me know yeah, prospects look good so far um uh, <laughs> Yeah. Thanks again. And, um, you know, your NBA, man.
1: Yeah. He did gotta nail give it.
0: it up so far. You've nailed, <laughs> nailed everything. Uh, I feel like I'm on the, the, uh, the uh, final. So
1: yeah, I'm on the wrong side of game six because Paul picked the <laughs> warrior. So oh,
0: you're, you're done, man. You're cooked. <laughs> I, I'm going to apologize already. <laughs> Just, <laughs> there it is. Get it out there early. All you right. Signing 48
2: off. minute Mark. That's the apology.